Lisboa, Bruxelas, Varsóvia. Europe is us with Dino. Europe is us, but who are we? Stay with us and you'll find out. I'm Dino, a Slovenian journalist working with Euronet Plus, a radio network bringing you this podcast made by youth for youth. Today we'll be discussing war and youth and we'll be checking the situation in Ukraine with Yarina Vyshenska, who created an organization helping the victims of sexual abuse after the 24th of February 2022. Yarina, I'm happy that you took the time to be here with us. A few words about you, please. Dino and uh, Jim, hi. My name is Yarina Vyshenska. Before the full-scale Russian invasion of Ukraine, I managed my own business, a creative agency. My team and I worked with a civil society organization and helped them implement useful projects and solutions more effectively. But after the full-scale invasion, I started uh, an initiative to help survivors of sexual violence and call it Silni. The Ukrainian word Silni is translated into English as strong. The initiative has become an official charitable organization and now I am a co-founder and head of Silni Charity Foundation. So my team uh, helps people who survived uh, from sexual violence during the war in Ukraine, including sexual assault from Russian military. We help women and men regardless of gender, sexual orientation of age. The youngest person is 12 years old uh, and uh, the oldest is under 50. They receive uh, psychological, medical and legal assistance uh, free of charge and confidentially. Silni Foundation adheres uh, to high principles of working with uh, people who survive of uh, sexual violence and uh, that's why we never force people to receive help for, uh, from us. They can accept it only of their own free will. We provide medical assistance in all cases where um, physical damage is the result of sexual violence. That is, we can involve dentists, surgeons, uh, not only gynecologists. Let's put your organization aside now and focus on you a little bit. Irina, how did the war affect your everyday life and your workflow? Because of the war I immigrated and now I live in Berlin, uh, I had to adjust work process so that I could work remotely with teams. Uh, in addition, I became a mother, a little <laughs> unplanned, because I have to take my younger brother and sister from Ukraine. Of course, somewhere in the background uh, is my uh, integration into life in a new country, learning the German language. But uh, I am not the only person who experienced such change in personal life. I can describe uh, what life we are living now. First, our responsibilities have grown much more than we are capable of taking and uh, 
were ex extremely exhausted. Uh, young people, uh, in addition to taking care of their lives and problems by drones and uh, cars for the soldiers that are uh, defending us from uh, Russians. Uh, save animals and people, open charity funds, um, and of course go to war. Uh, most of them uh, live in constant stress and with pretty real danger of dying every day. And they all uh, still try to support each other. And as always, we are bringing you sounds from all over Europe. This time from Brussels, Belgium, thanks to our colleagues from RTBF. We'll be hearing from Theo Marshall, a student from Brussels. I think we talk about it a little less, but that doesn't mean the situation is calming down. It's a bit like that in all wars. I wasn't born, but my parents told me that with the Americans in Afghanistan, at the beginning we talked about it a lot, and then after a year, the fighting was still continuing, but the media talked about it much, much less. And there, I think that it's the same thing with Ukraine, and especially here with what is happening in Israel. I think that we will almost only talk about Israel and Palestine and no longer talk about, well, much less talk about Ukraine. From Belgium back to Yarina and back to Ukraine. I believe we both agree that war leaves a long-term effect, especially on a young person. How do you think that uh, the war crisis is going to affect you in long term and your mental health as well? Uh, the long term impact of the war on the psyche of Ukrainians is now one of the critical topics because we understand that everything will be very bad. <laughs> Now, while uh, we live under stress, our body uh, mobilized and does not allow us to feel weak. But then, uh, when we are safe uh, again, we'll need uh, to work with uh, psychological trauma uh, we were accumulated. Uh, now, uh, in this moment, we are killed and we become victims or witnesses of these deaths. Therefore, I can uh, assume that we will be one of the most a uh, conscious generation of uh, independent Ukraine, but, but one of the most dramatized. Yarina, I'd also like to hear your opinion regarding the help of the international community to Ukraine. Do you believe it was big enough? About support? Um, this question is very interesting and difficult for me because I live in Germany now and uh, uh, I can often uh, hear about how ordinary Germans think about Russians' war against Ukraine. Uh, some of the answers make, make me want to tear my hair out of anger, but, um, but this is easily explained by the Ukrainians' proverb, a healthy person does not understand a sick person. 
For me, it is uh, very important that Europeans uh, think critically and uh, do not believe in Russian propaganda, which unfortunately works very well in Europe. Uh, it is also important for me that uh, Ukraine receives help, uh, help in uh, practice uh, and most importantly weapons. Because uh, the sooner we defeat the Russians, the sooner uh, Europe will also be safe. Uh, personally, I have not often met uh, Europeans who treat uh, treated me negatively because I am Ukrainian. Uh, I much more often meet Russians in Europe uh, who uh, fled here and um, behave uh, uncivilized, uh, violent. Uh, generally uh, accepted norms and allowed themselves to shout about great Russia and beautiful Putin. Uh, and these are uh, those Russians who, as at all times in their history, could not take responsibility for the action of their authorities and simply uh, fled to safe place where they can continue to shout about great Russia and not be mobilized. <laughs> so. Thank you, Yarina. And now let's move on to Estonia, Tartu, actually. We'll be hearing from Volodymyr Zemeri, a 19-year-old student from Tartu University. Our colleagues from Kuku Radio from Estonia asked Volodymyr regarding the EU's help as well. Speaking about Estonia, I didn't expect anything at all from the EU countries. I just wanted uh, them to help uh, with our uh, military, uh, providing finances and uh, enough resources to continue the war, as uh, you understand that it is very important. But uh, receiving Ukrainians here as refugees and helping them, I wasn't expecting that. And uh, I was, uh, um, I would say very surprised by it and uh, it was like a positive um, how to say positive opportunity uh, so um, in general i would say that they help a lot and uh, it is great because right here i can receive education i can uh, uh, i receive financial support also so that i can continue my living because uh, back in ukraine my parents are not able to provide uh, me with everything so it's only food and uh, they always uh, keep track on uh, how much money have they left because um, the work is not stable there uh, the average salary for example of my mom as a teacher she, she works at school now as a psychologist and uh, the average salary for her would be 110 euros only and uh, you can imagine that for me, it's very hard to survive here uh, without this financial support, for which I am very grateful. And uh, in general, talking about EU, uh, they are helping a lot, and I'm glad that there is such help. Yarina, I have three more personal questions to ask you. Let's get to know you a bit better. What is your favorite memory? Uh, this question really surprised me now. <laughs> But uh, the first thing I remember was uh, 
uh, was how I once, uh, when I was a child of 12, uh, danced uh, in the rain without music. <laughs> I remember this moment because it was a moment of uh, 100% happiness. Uh, which only a child is capable of. Uh, I think I will be able to feel something like this again only during some very special event for me. Uh, this, is, this is the most science happiness in the world. Maybe during our victory, I don't know. So yes, it's what I can remember. <laughs> And what is your worst fear? Uh, I am most uh, afraid that Ukraine will begin to receive less support. I am very afraid of uh, losing the Ukraine in which I was born. And yes, I think that this common fear of all Ukrainians is the greatest for us now. Because I will always be able to solve all my personal problems myself, but I will not be able to expel the occupiers from Ukraine by myself. That's why this partnership uh, is very important to us and uh, it's scary to lose it. What is your biggest wish? <laughs> surprise, surprise! I dream more than anything in the world about the victory of Ukraine. I'm ready to work on solving all the problems after the war, uh, dealing with all the consequences, economic, humanitarian and social, cultural as well, because Russian propaganda leaves uh, its mark on us. Uh, but whatever the consequences, uh, we dream more than anything in the world uh, to regain uh, our native Ukraine of the model of independence of the year 1991. Thank you very much, Irina. I wish you all the best with your fight against the war. And thank you all for your attention. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and listen to what we have to say because Europe is us. Lisboa, Brussels, Varsava, Varsava.